Hi, this is an Oregon call. We're going to be discussing the BOE exchange with the Oregon and Colorado group. We have Dennis Schulke with us, and uh, we're live and we're recording this in case you need to get it back. It is February the 19th, uh, 2015, so we're going to begin, and I will let Rod open it with a quote. Go ahead. Okay. Am I on? Yes, you are. Okay. This is uh, St. Augustine said, the truth is like a lion. You don't have to defend it. Let it loose, and it will defend itself. Very good. Okay. Um, Somebody's got a ship creaking in the back. You know, you need to put it in in the harbor there and park it. So Mm -hmm. um, what... Whoever, I, either Dennis or or uh, Steve, um, welcome to start with, and we're really happy to hear this. I, I we want to get on your call uh, Friday night, but we don't know what time it is, so you need to give that to us too. But either one of you wants to start, just go ahead. Dennis, why don't you go ahead with the uh, numbers for tomorrow night's call? All right. I'll be glad to do that. It's uh, the call is starting at 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The telephone number is 506-562-3140. Then the PIN enter number is 66 five five nine niner and the pound sign and that will get everybody off and going Friday night so that would be Oregon time uh, it would be uh, six o'clock Oregon time okay can somebody Wait. type that data in the chat window I'm doing it right now thank you Beth there we go I got no answer from Ed, and I don't see that he's on Facebook. Um, if I don't see that he's on Facebook in the next few hours, I guess I'll take a drive over there and check on him. Yeah, make sure he's okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a little concerning. Wow. And I'm not on the I'm not on the um, board because for some reason, once again, it's not letting me go into it. Uh, did you try going in another browser, flip around the back side? Um, not yet. I'll give that a try. Thank you. Okay. And you might also want to switch if you have a caller ID number or name, password. Um, try to come in as guest instead. See if that changes it. I mean, I think they recognize it if they want to boot somebody, but... Maybe that'll help. In the meantime, do you want, did you get that phone number? Or do you need me to email? It. Okay. All right. So, um, who who's going to be speaking here? Well, I'll uh, I'll set things um, on course here with a little okay. good news from Colorado, and you guys can look for the same uh, Senate okay. approval of open carry coming to your neighborhood very soon. Why don't you start out by um, 
introducing yourself oh. and the name of your group and like where of the area where you are in Colorado? Yeah, sure. Okay. This is uh, Steve Curry. I'm in uh, Montrose, Colorado, which is uh, western Colorado. Uh, we're about 50 miles from the Utah line, uh, central. Um, our group, we call ourselves We the People of Colorado, and we are the free people of Colorado, uh, and we are all free-thinking folks, as you're going to find out tomorrow night. And um, uh, we've been, between Dennis and I and several others, we've been putting together a program uh, using bills of exchange to uh, marshal the toxic waste, as we call them, oaths of office, uh, back to Britain where they belong. Uh, we'll explain that uh, more tomorrow night. And uh, Elizabeth, I did email you uh, several attachments that you're more than uh, welcome to share with all of the folks in Oregon. These are um, uh, of my latest filings of a BOE against our local county commissioner who was um, cavorting with the insurance companies as a board of director on their, in their private corporation. And um, you'll be hearing the name County Technical Services related to our commissioner. That's where he sat as a board of uh, director. Uh, County Technical Services uh, recruited all of the Colorado's 64 counties, actually 62, uh, county commissioners to rotate as their board of directors to funnel uh, taxpayer money, the treasury monies, in one direction through CTSI, through One Beacon and Lexington Insurance, offshore to Shanghai, China, and uh, Bermuda. Uh, CTSI is in charge of negating, rejecting, uh, denying all claims made against oaths of office of all public officials in Colorado. It's a huge racketeering operation. It's Ponzi. It's a shell game. I did report all of this to uh, the uh, Securities and Exchange Commission, and they are investigating uh, also to the IRS. For what it's worth, I am a federally protected uh, witness and informant against uh, the American Bar Association and against CTSI and against uh, uh, quite a few judges and uh, law enforcement people here in Colorado. So I have what's known as protection, but it doesn't seem to work as prescribed or as marketed. So uh, I've taken the liberty of protecting myself. Uh, through a, a variety of different methods and means. So, with that introduction, um, or that bio, uh, let me introduce to you a, uh, uh, a new law that uh, is basically going to take effect here very shortly because it met Senate approval. It's for all the people in Colorado to open carry uh, or conceal. It's up to them. Um, this should carry quite a message to the bar and to law enforcement people that you're messing with the wrong people. 
Uh, I was so pleased uh, to see that bill pass uh, the Senate yesterday that it's worth sharing all over uh, the United States. Um, it is similar to what Dennis and I and others have been doing with BOEs. We're now armed, both lawfully uh, and at a very critical time. We hope that the same measures of law will be uh, put into place in Oregon, Washington, Nevada, everywhere uh, in a short amount of time. Also in the news, uh, you folks may have read where um, Pope Francis, uh, back in 2013, had banned the bar. And uh, he's given them three years to clean up their act. They're not doing such a good job, but they are running scared, and we do have them running scared. So uh, I can send you all of that good news, and I'll be delighted to. Uh, what I'll need from you folks up in uh, Oregon is to send me your emails through Elizabeth, and uh, we'll put you on our contact list, and you'll get all of the stuff that we have. So um, this is all very good news, and we no longer have to kowtow. We no longer have to bow our heads uh, to the bar, to the courts, to the law enforcement. We are in the process of uh, regaining our sovereignty over them all. And it's happening very energetically all across America, all across the world. So raise your heads up, stand tall, because um, we're all, like someone said earlier, we're in this together. And there's no reason whatsoever that we need to uh, kneel down to these people. I refuse. I will not do it, ever. And uh, uh, to prove that out to everyone, we have put uh, this program together that benefits everyone, except the bar, except the judges, except the attorney. These BOEs are directly aimed at uh, the bar. And with all of them having taken oaths of office, we can now hold them lawfully accountable and financially accountable for all the criminality. Uh, as Dennis may have explained to you, uh, he's of the opinion that this is the perfect silver bullet. Well, maybe yes, maybe no. All things of this nature, uh, they go towards perfection. So... When you guys take a look at the documents, uh, feel free to contact us with any suggestions, any ideas, because it, it does need a little bit of perfection. But uh, in its essence, it works so well. And uh, both Dennis and I agree that it works well beyond our expectations. Um, we won't get into a big description this afternoon of the BOEs. We can do that tomorrow night. Uh, I think Dennis and I are prepared to answer any questions that you might have leading up to tomorrow night or um, just any concerns that you might have. Does that sound good to you, Dennis? Well, I had suggested last night, Steve, uh, with everyone on the call, is uh, the first thing is to get everyone the telephone number for tomorrow night's call so that they can join and chime in. 
And then secondly is to go ahead and send everyone a package of uh, like the four different component parts or five in the BOE package so that they can have a chance to look through it, read it, and digest it a little bit. And then my guess is that they will have more specific detailed questions and or just listening on the call, they'll probably get some of their questions maybe answered by other folks that, that are listening or participating in the, in the program. But I, I don't know, for the most part on the Friday night calls, um, you know, most people, I think Steve, uh, correct me on this if I'm wrong, but most people on the, the Friday night calls are pretty much regulars. Oh, so, so we may need to, you know, open that up or suggest maybe to Steve Nolte, if he wouldn't mind or so forth, for for folks that are joining, uh, going to be joining tomorrow night from Oregon, is uh, to maybe have a little open Q&A session for folks from Oregon once they have a chance over this afternoon, this evening, and through tomorrow before tomorrow night's call, and once they have a chance to take a look at the BOE documents themselves. Because, again, uh, I know the first time folks that I saw it, I, I sat down and I read through this thing. I'm going, this is, this is beautiful work. Um, as Steve said, you know, I might not have said last night that it's the silver bullet but I do know that I said last night it's the best thing that I've seen in the form of remedy that puts the power back in our hands and keeps us out of the courts. And that is a double win right there. So uh, it, it is. It's the best thing that I have seen. And obviously, they've been launched for going on over two months now. And uh, the things obviously are working because I said, Steve, I told everyone last night multiple times the banks are stymied right now. That's the word I used last night. The banks are stymied because they know that we know, we the people know what's going on. That's why I, just, I said to everyone last night, we don't need to spend time reviewing history up to this point now because everybody has done a fabulous job of working together and turning over the rocks and unearthing the history of how we got into this mess now it's time to start applying a fabulous remedy that we can all use in all the states, all the people coming together, and not stymie not only the banks, but the lawyer class, who is the root people who keep immunized all professions of life or walks of life that choose the route of taking advantage or enslaving the rest of the population, that that I see is this is one of the most beautiful things that I've seen, certainly in my life. So that's yeah. why I'm certainly excited. I have um, a question that came up after Dennis left the call last night. We we had our own little roundtable discussion about paperwork. And one of the things we've been discussing, even in this process, is you you had mentioned the affidavit and that would be notarized. So here are the two things that we need some answers to. One was, um, and I don't know if you've experienced this, a lot of the banks, because they had so many people actually doing affidavits of truth in court, um, the judges were getting a little upset about that. So suddenly the banks and the credit unions were coming up with a new book of multitudes of notaries that they won't tell you which one to pick almost like a trickery of which one you're going to pick for what you're doing. So that was a big issue of what notary. The other the other one was the discussion about when we present these papers, who 
as in accordance to us. Who are we that are presenting it according to our birth certificate, according to our rights? Um, I know that Raven is on the call and can explain um, probably better than I can about how she processes that birth certificate, but I believe that every step we do is imperative to how it turns out. If we do something wrong, if we present it in all caps, however we do this, that that process of even serving notaries and our signature have to be done correctly. So I'm going to leave the floor to somebody to answer that. I'll be happy to answer that. Uh, Number one, notaries. Uh, We've taken the notaries out. Uh, All you need on a BOE affidavit of truth and injury are two witnesses to your character and uh, the truth of the statement. That's it. And uh, notaries, as we know, are corporate uh, registrars, and we don't need to court them. Um, Number two, the lawfulness uh, of the BOEs are self-evident. They are also self-revealing. This is what makes them so dramatic. Uh, When you present these to the bank, you are actually doing a tremendous favor to the banker. Bankers have actually been hit hard with all of their investments uh, in oil, for instance, and and other resources and all their other investments. Wall Street is just about to take a huge tumble uh, because the Federal Reserve is being dissolved, restructured, let's say. Uh, They're looking at another way to profit from their trade, and we are giving it to them. Uh, There should be no fear or trepidation in presenting an opportunity for these bankers to make money in ways that they never thought possible. Uh, For one example, uh, when you give a banker an out, he's going to take it. And when you give the banker an opportunity to um, get away from his attorney class friends, he's going to do it because the attorneys have been costing the banks trillions of dollars, trillions of dollars. So what we have the bankers doing is turning the tables on the lawyer class, and it's worth $50 million ahead on these uh, attorney class people and judges. And it's so simple, so easy. When we've discovered, like in the state of Oregon, you guys just witnessed uh, Miss Kate up there taking her oath from who? A Supreme Court judge. Her contract is null and void at that moment when she raises her hand to that judge. The judge has no lawful authority, jurisdiction, or power to give oaths of office in this country. As a bar member or former bar member, She's not allowed to give any oaths of office. This is what the BOEs make very, very clear. We have all of the uh, forensic evidence to show that all courts, all the way down to a municipal court, is a federal court. And as a federal court, they are part of the United States of America, Inc. They are a private foreign corporation, for-profit corporation. The evidence is just too overwhelming, 
and the opportunity for bankers to, one, stay out of trouble, two, to keep their the honor and integrity they have with their shareholders, investors, and customers, that's tantamount to these bankers. If they have to throw an attorney under the bus, they're going to do that. Our experience thus far is that the bankers really would like to do this. They just don't want to be the first one. Just like uh, sheriffs don't want to be the first one to go arrest a judge. But the sheriffs, they're now looking at a new revenue stream at $50 million a bounty on the heads of these corrupt foreign uh, administrators that we call judges. Keep in mind that we have not had a judge in this country since 1946 by their own language. So any judge signing that he or she is a judge on an oath of office declares that commercial instrument that uh, null and void, and it can be foreclosed upon, just like any other promissory note. Think of your promissory notes that are attached to your real estate mortgages. Bankers will come after you to foreclose on not you, but the note, the commercial instrument. So the oaths, having been monetized and securitized by the insurance companies and bankers, they become a foreclosable object in commerce. So that's what we're doing with the BOEs, pure and simple. Did that answer your question? I think more more than I expected. <laughs> okay. yeah, that's a great explanation, Steve. Right. Good. Um, more I information tomorrow greatest, night. Oh. I think that's the greatest fear of of most people that want to start, you know, putting out paperwork is to make sure they're not going to end up in a jail or <laughs> get in trouble. They, you know, in this movement of people for 20 years, there's been so much of this that has gone on and. You know, we're kind of the the remnants of h- hanging in there, wanting to get to the point of when are we really going to do it right. And I, I feel right now really confident and comfortable about this, that this is the right way. You know, I really appreciate you getting on here. You bet. Let me give you uh, just a quick basis of the BOEs, and let, let's put it into a four-corner doctrine. Uh, In one corner, we have jurisdiction. In the other corner, we have presumption, which is used against us. Uh, Down at the other two corners, we have a tremendous word. It's called injury. And then in the other corner, we have consent. Now, without our consent, courts have no jurisdiction. That's in their own language. Unless Unless they have a written consent form, like a traffic citation, which an officer will try to get you to sign. They have no jurisdiction. Zero. Zip. And they really like it in writing. So we take that away from them. Presumption, again, is something that's been used against us from time eternal by uh, this band of pirates. Um, Presumption is just a presumption to contract. They're presuming that we're silly people, uh, that we know nothing. Well, we've turned the table on them to take our case into, and we stay completely out of the courts. We defy uh, the 
courts to try to get in on a BOE. We've restricted our BOEs to a two-party system only, and that takes us to injury. Only an individual human being, living, breathing being, can be injured. Corporations cannot be. Collectives cannot be injured. Only individuals can bleed. So, again, we have consent and injury on our side. On their side, they try to use jurisdiction and um, uh, presumption. And if you were to take this square that I just described and put right in the middle of this square a dot, and you write contract in there, all of our injury affidavits are contracts. They're offers to contract. They're offers to remedy. Our consent is something that we withdraw from the courts, from the government, from anyone trying to presume that they have power and authority over us. Not. It's not going to happen. We act as individuals who have been injured, and this is the huge plus to a BOE. Every BOE is separate and distinct by its individual injury. This is what we put in our affidavits. There's no denying our injury, none whatsoever. We're the only ones that bleed. So think of this four-corner doctrine with the dot in the center being all contracts. That's what a BOE is. That's what it encompasses. It's so simple, so direct, um, and it's not aimed at this overall education of the masses. We don't have time for that, uh, and it's a very difficult thing to do under any totalitarian government regime, under any corporate venue, just try to get all the people, all the individuals lined up. It's not going to happen. So we use that to our advantage as individual injured parties. So we've stripped away the, the courts. They cannot review any of this. Bar attorneys, no attorneys can review a BOE. They can't even touch it, and that's where the bankers, that's their first step, is to take the BOE to their legal department. What are, What is the legal department going to say? They can't say a word. So this is the silence that we're getting. It is acquiescence on their part. And once a person acquiesces, game over. If you don't show up to the battlefield, you lose. That is the uh, strength, the power, the muster behind a BOE. So we, we can explain it, more of that tomorrow night. So does that give you kind of an overall view of what a BOE has or is? I think it does a pretty good job, Steve. All right. That's why I think That's the next good. thing is to uh, get the copies of the BOE in everybody's hand to actually read it. Yep. And and then they'll, they'll be able to take that next step, a uh, better step of understanding exactly what it is. So and I, think we've the, done, I think we've done what we need to do here today. Yeah. So by I the think, way, by I the think way, all of you, you on the... Excuse me. Oh, sorry. By the way, when you look at the face of the BOE, every word as it's written is extremely important. And And what makes the BOE operational liquid is what's on the back of the BOE, which is already in commerce. That is the oath of office. The tainted, toxic, 
uh, trash that we're trying to send back to England. So keep that in mind as you're reading through this. Every word of the document is exceedingly important. So I'll leave it there. I posted again. I, I think all of you have my email, but I posted it up there. And for those that don't have it or can't see the board, um, just let me know. So um, as soon as I get these things, I will get them to you immediately, and, and it would be preferably before that call tomorrow night so you guys are able to visually see. I know a lot of us, including myself, are visual learners, and I have to actually see things in writing to c totally comprehend it and retain it. So um, so it will be great to have those and then to be able to get on that call tomorrow night. And I would suggest you guys get some... Uh, questions put together. I know we had those too. Does anybody remember us discussing anything else we needed to ask him? I don't remember anything else from last night, but um, you could, oh, you know what? I know why a couple of you can't. I muted you. I, I shut your mouth with duct tape. There we go. Got to unmute you. There you go. You're all able to talk now. I wish I could do that to my kids when they were younger. <laughs> so. mm. Okay, so everybody's Beth, open Beth, to talk. The, Beth, you do have the email with the four attachments from Steve? Yes. Okay, great. I, he just, um, before the call, it came in. Okay, great. You okay. always send them to me. Who is here's, that? Just Eric. Eric, Okay. Here's a here's a little sidebar for you folks. Uh, I'm just about completed. Uh, I have just about completed a, a BOE package that goes to our governor Hickenlooper here in Colorado, and uh, it's going to contain uh, information in the affidavit that you guys can use directly upon your new governor. That would be great. Wow. I'd like to express my concerns about our new governor. I don't I don't recognize her as my new governor. That's, <laughs> I'm that's seeking to replace her. That's fair enough. Yep. Yeah, I, I think even though we're in the infantile stage of where you're at, um, our situation here, although it has progressed to the point where it is because nobody did anything to even challenge it, it still needs to be done. And uh, so we're going to have to kind of pick up the pace on being able to tackle this issue with Kate Brown. It, it's almost interesting that since within two days, this is, it happened so quickly that uh, with the resignation of Kitsopper, everybody's forgetting already about Kitsopper. So, um, you know, the and the focus really on, on Kate, it, it's so severe. And I, I've already checked into things with Colorado and up in Denver of how they progress with the uh, – you know, like her, her big agenda, yes, what was it, yesterday on the news was going after the schools right now with that uh, Common Core. And that's their main focus. But then that's also the same focus of the progressive agenda, which she'll, she's already had this behind them. By, by last night, they were already putting out articles about her being the governor. She's already picked a whole new staff, which is quite incredible for someone who is taking someone's spot that resigned, not that she was voted in. He resigned. She puts in that she's shocked that he's done this. But I, I think this was well planned a long time ago. Oh, yes. Yeah. 
I mean, nobody so, can put together a new a new uh, cabinet, if you will, for the Senate or for the governor's office in four days flat. This was all premeditated and should plan for a very long time. Right. And the news is keeping such tight control. You know, researching this has been quite interesting. Even when she spoke at, at 10 o'clock yesterday, um, they didn't even want to put out some of the news until very, very late in the day, which they usually put out immediately. So they're they're keeping tabs on this. They they think they have full control of everything. So I'm real excited about the fact that we could actually tackle this. Does, does, does anybody on, on here besides Eric have anything to say right now or ask of Steve or Dennis? I do. Go ahead. Thank you. Charles Stewart here from Sandy, Oregon. Hi, Steve. Dennis. Hi, hi Charlie. How are you? All right. Charles or Charles? Uh, Charlie uh, or Charles? I usually go by Charles. Uh, Very good. Charlie's okay if it's friendly. Okay. <laughs> um, good to uh, meet you, Charles. All right. Thank you. Um, um the the process that you're developing here has many uh, uh, very insightful and powerful elements, no doubt. Um, I, I'm I'm thinking a little bit more in terms of uh, the more confrontational strategies that um, uh, the Montana Freeman and Schweitzer and Van Dyke and people like that were using to to turn uh, uh, these instruments of public servant indebtedness into uh, instruments that can be used through the UCC to discharge debts. Have you thought about that at all? Uh, I have. And the reason we don't use UCC uh, is that this is their language. Uh, It's the language of the courts. And uh, to stay out of the courts, we don't need to uh, impugn them with their own law. Uh, They know what the law is, and the UCC actually benefits us because it is a a stopgap. They cannot go beyond UCC. We can as individuals. So that's a very good question. And talking about uh, Mr. Van Dyke, um, uh, Hartford Van Dyke, we've actually incorporated his work into ours, making the BOE an indictment to where it's not only an indictment, but it is a presentable legal document that we can publish in newspapers. Uh, we take it all the way to that foreclosure idea that we talked about earlier. We post our foreclosure of an oath of office in the newspapers. The newspapers are under law required to post it for a period of three days. Does that cost anything? Or? It's free. It's free to all newspapers. Whoa. So what we're doing is uh, nailing a public notice up of uh, the treason and sedition that we've caught our public officials in. (coughs) That's like the stockyards of old when they were put in the stocks and people could come up and kick their butt. So uh, we, as injured people, we as, I don't want to use the term collective too often, but we have a right to go up and face our oppressors while they're in the stocks. And we have that right. Uh, You guys are familiar with common law grand juries. That movement uh, bled into the idea of presentment. That's the enforcement power of a common law grand jury. 
and that's almost the end of it, end of their enforcement powers. They can indict, which is to present their findings in public. That's why we keep our BOEs strictly in commerce. That's why we keep it completely in public all the way around. So, uh, again, the BOEs are structured to have multiple uh, levels of uh, effectiveness, and they're multi-pronged instruments. Uh, they take out all the bad guys, and they leave the good people alone. The good people are all beneficiaries of these BOEs for multiple reasons. As you'll read, again, the BOEs are going to uh, be self-revealing, self-evident, and self-authoritative. Uh, uh, look under individual rights, and you'll find uh, that as a crime victim, we have quite a few rights over a, a grand jury, don't we? We're actually the injured party, and we're ask, asking for remedy and relief. We found none in the courts. There is none available in the courts, but remedies for all injuries must be accommodated. That's the law of the land. That's ancient Arabic. That's ancient Hebrew. Um, it goes all the way back there. And Babylonia. Also, also common law. Also common law. Yes, sir. And when we think about common law, don't we think about common courtesy, common respect, common decency? Yeah, well, it's based on principles of all of those. Exactly. So... We've taken all of that and we put it into this psychological weapon that we can carry with us at any time. And we can present a BOE as an injured party any time that we've been affronted or assaulted. Yep. Please go ahead. I did want to let um, you know, Steve, um, and even Dennis, I've already told him, but I posted on the board that the only newspaper I know that will print these things in uh, the way we want to would be Robert Kelly of the American Bulletin, who's here in Oregon, and he's already offered this. He's been on a lot of our calls, too. Okay. Even, even to maintain, I think they put out um, papers six times a year. The next one will be up between March and April, which he wants whatever information you have, and if you if you choose to, he is happy to give you an entire space, every single paper. So I've posted his uh, website, his name, and uh, the phone number if you want to get a hold of him. Okay. Let's um, not let's not forget our newest uh, newspaper. What's that one? The Internet. <laughs> All right. Uh, this is our public uh, forum for uh, posting our grievances, is it not? Yeah, by the way, do you have a website? Uh, I have a, a, a scientific website, okay. and it's on Flickr, but I don't use it for what we're doing here. Okay. And and quite frankly, I uh, don't really want a website. Uh, so you're just doing emails? Emails. Very good. Public, public notice enough, yeah. and I my contact list grows daily. Yeah. I, I'm actually very discouraged when I hear people tell me they're putting on all these things on Facebook and all that. I think oh, yeah. the social media stuff n needs to stop. You, you know, anybody that's uh, somebody in one of the p 
patriot movements out here also had one where if you even emailed him, he had to go through Facebook, and I thought, no, nope, I don't think so. Well, no. let's keep it. Let's keep in mind this too. Uh, who do we want to advise? Who do we want to put notice to? It would be Sutterberg's uh, list of clients, right? Uh, yeah. The, the bar. Uh, where better to post it than right in front of themselves? You know, right smack dab in the middle of their face. Mm-hmm. I don't mind Facebook. I actually use it against them. Yeah. And that's what we need to do. Um, don't be afraid of using Facebook to post a notice because uh, it does get noticed. Yeah. No, notices and, <laughs> you know, that's I, I use that for that or a video or things that were important. I, I just feel sad when people don't realize when they're posting their own family and pictures and that that... <laughs> I know, I know, and and people have been deluded into thinking that that's the only place to post those things. I keep reminding them of the old days of writing a letter, picking up the phone, and talking to their family and friends. You know, there's another social media that was uh, put together by a couple of guys in Iceland here called Unseen, and they do all their uh, posting in that in encrypted language that only those that have the code to get through it can see it if anybody's really concerned about, you know, who reads whatever they post or not. Exactly. I'm a member with the Iceland group uh, on Unseen and Seen. Oh, that's great. On on numerous um, uh, groups. I've I've got registered with them. Uh, again, we need to look at uh, who we need to serve notice upon, and if we can do it through social media, all the better. If we could do it through Twitter, I don't do Twitter, but um, uh, just imagine a bar attorney who gets a notice that the bar just just canceled him. Yeah. <laughs> wow. So use those networks uh, against your perpetrators. They will be embarrassed. They will run away. And this is, in part, our protection, isn't it? If we stand up to these people face-to-face on Facebook and tell them who we know they are and we have the proof, they either go silent, they run away, they don't stand. They will not stand to face you because they have not the truth. We do. Or they boot you off of Facebook. <laughs> oh, well, they can try. Yeah. It's not happened to me in a couple of years now, so. Yeah. Well, um, the rest of you, do you have anything to comment before tomorrow night? Um, I know when you get the papers, I'm sure you will. And I hope you guys uh, print them out, really look at them, maybe take some notes. And then and then think about this. For the ones that are on the call and ones that didn't make it, if you would talk to them, which yeah. ones of you do you think would be able to form a team to be able to sit down and write these papers up so we could deal with Kate Brown probably first as our first task? We have a simpler uh, way for you. Uh, okay. Uh, we can send you templates that you can actually handwrite names in of of the person you want to go after or the the oath of office that you want to go after. We also, we also have a generic template that includes all of the uh, forms of law. They include all the forms of law that you will need to 
uh, move your BOE forward. So we can make that easy for you. That would be great. And we do appreciate it. Mm, our pleasure. Hey, here's a thought. Since Senator Rand Paul has introduced a bill that came out of committee to audit the Federal Reserve into the Senate, it already cleared the House. Um, it's going to gain tremendous uh, um, impact in Washington, D.C. And the, the issue would be, um, why is the Fed, a private corporation, private bank, actually allowed to print our money? And we need to remedy that and shut down the Federal Reserve. That has got to be a high priority in this nation if we're ever going to do anything about stopping the, the printing prices where they constantly are devaluing the currency value that we use as a Federal Reserve note. An excellent point. An excellent point. And it's a good mission for... Uh, uh, Mr. Paul, he's uh, he's got a target, and he's been after that target just like his father for quite a few years. We know that the Federal Reserve is a private foreign corporation that just prints money, all this fiat debt money. The BOEs uh, uh, attack that as well. As you're going to see in the document, we are confining our remedies to the supreme laws of the land and no colors of law withstanding. What was the Federal Reserve enacted under? A color of law. They can't stand it. Um, under uh, 12 U.S.C. Article 411, we can ask for our remedy to be paid in gold or silver uh, coin. We don't do that directly because the bankers don't know what to do with that yet. Until our currency has been uh, energized and supported by gold once again, we can't ask the bankers to provide us. Who's ever in the background uh, doing things, maybe cooking, uh, can you, like, mute yourself out while you're doing your things? Please, thank you. I do have a, a question. Yes, um, please. Go ahead. And a short story. This is Raven. Um, hello, everybody. Thank you for being here. Um, um, I'm so delighted to get be getting this education and to know that there are other people who are, are not only working on this, but by far so far ahead of me, and, and I can grasp hold of it. Thank you, everybody, for, for all that you're doing. This is it. My question is in regard to the two witnesses signing on the document. I, I understand, understand how... Um, it would not be necessary to use a notary. Um, so my question is kind of separate from that, but yet combined. Two months ago, I had need to go and utilize the services of a notary, to which I was having to bring two forms of ID. And at that time, I asked the notary, I said, what about if I just bring two people who've known me for many years and they sign as witness? And this notary told me that Oregon did away with that provision a few years ago. She got a little rattled about it, and she couldn't give me the information as to when. So if anybody could look into that, because uh, I'll be looking into this also, that would be great. And another thing about using a notary that I forgot to mention when I talked about the documents that I wrote is that 
Whenever you do have something notarized, should you choose to use the services of a notary, you need to get from them at that time a copy of their oath of office and attach it to your paperwork. Otherwise, a judge can look at that and say, oh, I don't know this notary. Mm-hmm. Very, very good. Uh, number one, uh, notaries, uh, what they did in Oregon to dispatch uh, the two witnesses is was done under color of law. And the reason they did that was that the judges in the courts could sustain their power over all documents that were being submitted. And uh, the biggest part of this, again, you mentioned, well, if a judge looks at this and does not see the oath of office, he's going to discard it. He'd discard it anyway. He, uh, he or she, as a judge, have been empowered with this principle of special master by uh, the federal courts. Special master uh, infers that there's a master-slave relationship. And as a special master, you impart almost on a daily basis the use of judicial discretion. Judicial discretion is not law. It is not favored in law. It is uh, um, a vile, vile instrument that these people use time uh, and time again against the people. We as people, as injured parties, do not recognize judicial discretion anymore. We don't recognize the courts. The courts have no power, authority, or jurisdiction unless we give give it to them. So uh, you don't want to sign anything for a judge. You don't want to sign a traffic ticket, a writ. You don't want to sign that you got a warrant. Nothing. The judiciary is dead. And we've killed it with the BOEs. So hopefully that answers that. Well, it seems that their, their, their jurisdiction, authority, and power is through force and violence. Exactly. And guess who they use to enforce their uh, statutes, codes, rules, and ordinances is the sheriffs. They're blue gang members. Blue gang, the blue code of silence. But that's Mm -hmm. over. That is absolutely over, folks. And I can tell you that there is some really good news coming out of sheriffs right now that they will not. I I think you guys saw the um, Carlsbad, New Mexico Uh, Sheriff London standing up to the IRS. Mm -hmm. Sheriffs have made a choice. Now they can continue on and take their little crumbs that the courts give them for prosecuting or or serving all of their documents, but we've turned the tables on them. We've given the sheriffs new revenue streams that are not attached to the courts. They like it. They like this idea. They like the idea that they no longer have to have this minuscule budget. Somebody in the background, you need to mute out. It's Rod again, Beth. He's about 50 feet from his phone from the sound of it. Oh, okay. Uh, Again, uh, we can talk more at length tomorrow night, but the BOE is a benefit to the sheriffs and all law enforcement. Keep in mind that 80% of our law enforcement
community out there are good, honest people. They they've just been conned and deceived like the rest of us. Steve, and, sir, can I ask a question about the sheriffs? Yes, sir. There? Please um, do. I I think you said that um uh, you, you did you say something about there's alternative funding streams going to them or something like that? There would be. Yes, absolutely. Okay, you haven't pushed forward on that yet? Okay. Uh this is non-tax revenue. And what it is is the bounty on uh, the judges and attorneys and all other corrupt um public officials. Well, when we when we go to the bank with a hundred million dollar um, claim for remedy with our BOEs, we're going to share. We're going to offer up to the banker fifty million. The bank is going to have control of not only just the fifty, but the fifty that you're leaving in there. They're going to still be able to do what they do in all of their transactions. But uh, as an individual. Uh, we can donate back to our county treasury um, anywhere from five million, ten, twenty, thirty. Here, give this to the sheriff's department. We can actually tell the county treasurer where we want that money and how it's to be distributed. Can I suggest an alternative method? Please do. Please do. Um, uh, I believe the Uniform Commercial Code indicates that you can take the bill of exchange instrument of indebtedness there and just deposit it directly in your county sheriff's or your county treasurer's office along with a letter indicating that this is to be uh, used for uh, uh, county sheriff's uh, uh, constitutional legal expenses. You can, but let's not get into uh, uh, any questionable practices that might get us uh, in bribery. That, that's solid under the Uniform Commercial Code. You can make donations if it's not oh, attached. Well, that's what case. I was saying. That's what I was saying. But it's it might behoove us better just to take our uh, newly gotten uh, gains, which are honest and honorable, and we deliver them to an honest and honorable county treasurer and have her dispense those. We're not after disrupting the entire government. What we're doing well, is eradicating uh, the corruptness from our government. So let's use the government that's in place. All right. But well, let's, I, let's make sure. I, I look forward to communicating with you more fully about these ideas, uh, maybe Friday or um, um, uh, uh, further times, maybe private conversations or something there. Sir. Oh, yeah. You, bet. you present an excellent uh, argument, and uh, no doubt uh, all of this is workable. And again, Let's perfect this. Let's continue on, see if we can perfect this BOE exchange system and our remedies down to where it is absolutely ironclad. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, very good. I think we do need to focus on this. And what concerns me when I heard that about monies to these sheriffs is kind of an example of some of these uh, some of these groups out there that. They they really are not organized and really don't understand, and they've been told to make friends with the sheriffs and other things like the Oath Keepers and some of the common law groups, but they're not realizing that some of them have absolutely already taken federal funds. They they are not who you think they are. You, you actually have to know who you're dealing with. So I would not want to hand them money when, when they are not uh, working with the people. Correct. And 
I think you will all agree that uh, every sheriff in the country is a politician to begin with. Yeah. And so we have to be somewhat guarded as to what we gift or donate to this person. Money corrupts, and power corrupts absolutely. So Mm -hmm. we have to be cautious, and we also have to have the understanding, again, that the Federal Reserve fiat debt system is not money, and bankers do not loan money. There's no money being exchanged at all. The Federal Reserve prints on demand. Bankers print on demand. And this is what we're asking the bankers to do, print on demand. It's a, it's a ledger book of credit and debit. So give us the credit that our remedy requires and debit those that we are uh, filing against. It's very, very simple. And this is where the it, bankers need to get on board saying, oh, it is so simple. It is so it, very simple. If I could, if I could make a point here, I recently I went to a recently to a bank and I asked them for silver dollars, and they thought I meant like Cat Kennedy, and they weren't silver at all. Uh, (laughs) And uh, and and they showed me all these old coins that are really beat to snot. And I said, but those aren't silver; those are bimetallic. They're copper slugs with uh, some kind of plating on the surface, and that's not what I'm asking for. Can I buy? Silver dollars from the U.S. Mint for this year's the 2015 silver dollars. They looked at me like I was talking on Martian or something. They didn't know what to say. They cannot deal with the real money. They, they deal with that paper stuff, and that, that I asked for silver. I didn't want to accept paper. Mm-hmm. I, I would even pay the I would even pay the spot price of the silver. Yeah, but they don't do that. They don't receive silver coin from the mint. No, they do not. You'll get a big kick out of this. I took a, uh, a, a brick of silver um, down to my bank, and I was just having fun with it. I said, I want to put this in my account. And <laughs> it's like a deer in the headlights. He, he didn't know what the hell to do with it. Not a, not a absolute <laughs> clue. I got the biggest kick out of that. I knew it was going to happen, but. Uh, that, of proves to, that proves to us that they deal strictly with Federal Reserve. They understand that system, don't they? And, <laughs> and when you look at their books, again, there's no money being assigned, transferred, um, anything. It's only it's just debt. It's just it's just debt. So we've we've cut the courts and attorneys. Uh, using that system against us when they attack a promissory note as in a foreclosed property. They come in and they bid on that promissory note. And for properties, let's say, uh, that are worth $300,000, they're only paying $50,000. they are buying the original promissory note from the bank that's on their file. And then they resell that promissory note, they refigure it, they add in all the interest that they'd ever think about making, all the fees, all the insurance, and make a new mortgage. This is absolute insanity when you look back at the original documents that secured a piece of real estate. We see it happening in Kansas and uh, Texas and Oklahoma. I get calls all the time, can you help me? And we've been trying to do that. There are other experts in this field of foreclosures that I would 
strongly recommend it. And I will get you those folks' names. They are absolute geniuses when it comes to dealing with foreclosure fraud, bank fraud of all kinds. So what we in the uh, in Tennessee and Colorado are bringing you guys today is a plethora of good news, and uh, we'd like to arm everyone in Oregon with what we have, and uh, we're more than happy to do it. You guys are all my brothers and sisters, so i got to take care of you. We're all united by our desire for liberty, sir. Thank yes, you. Sir. <laughs> so, uh, I'll stand down there. I don't know. Uh, Dennis, did you have some final remarks before we uh, get on to other business today? I can't hardly top that. This has been a great detailed conversation, another launch into the to the uh, BOE, and I look forward to everybody else having an opportunity to, to see it and review it and chime back in tomorrow night. That's great. And for everybody on the board that, well, there's people that can't see the board, and, you know, you are welcome to go back and do chatgrabber.com, put in episode 100, uh, 88210 is the ID, and you'll get all the notes. That's all you have to do. Uh, if you want to go back into 88210 on TalkShoe, you can even go back and listen. Somebody that couldn't make it today and get in. So um, what else have I written down? And then for tomorrow night, let's just review the um, the uh, phone number. Let's see. The time for Oregon would be 6 o'clock. Otherwise, it's Mountain Time 7. Um, I'm trying to go back to the phone number here. The phone number and the ID I had put up there, but I know some of you can't see it. So let's make sure you have it or email me. And I hope that all of you have my email or you need to tell me, either now verbally or on the board. And uh, then you'll get the notes before tomorrow night, and I'll remind you of the call time even within an hour before it starts. I'm a really good mommy for everybody. So... um, all right. Anybody else have something quick to say? Because then we're going to close out and get on with our day. And I'll, I thank just you. Run, I'll just go ahead and run that number past everybody quick. If they if they jumped on the call afterwards. Go do that. It's six zero five area five six two thirty one forty. Then the pin number is six six five five nine nine pound. You know, you said six o what? Because we six. put up five o six. No, no, I'm sorry. It's, it's, it starts off six zero five is the area code, then five six two thirty one forty. Yeah, then six six five five nine nine pound is the pin number. Yeah, I'm glad we. Went back over to review it then, good. Um, yeah, I want to write this on the board since we had to correct it. So um, It's already there. Oh, did you do it? Okay, great. Thank you. Um, okay, so don't don't use that old one with the 506. That's, you won't get in. Um, so you guys have everything you need, uh, unless you think you don't, and then you can email me. But um, thank you very much, Steve and Dennis, and... We're looking forward to tomorrow night, and we will see you then. Sounds good. Thanks for helping set this up, Beth. Have a nice afternoon, everybody. Thank you, Beth. Everyone.
Mm-hmm. Yeah, bye-bye.